setting sail and mm. getting out, right? Sailing out of um, sea view. And that amazing your... moment when he hits. Well, you know, oh, I'm sorry, 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 I'm sorry, getting sorry, there. Sorry, I'm getting sorry. the thing. <laughs> sorry, I'm getting excited to the story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he sets sail. Take I'm trying off. to build it up <laughs> for the audience. Anyway, they... chatting before about Lost mm. and how that ended and uh, you're talking about Severance the show you started and that we all hope that didn't end badly mm-hmm. and we were talking recently about I Am Legend you remember a couple of weeks ago yeah. we were going to do a second one we talked about how that had a really bad ending and mm-hmm. it was so bad that the alternate ending was also like widely circulated and people talked about that people get confused even I get confused about which ending was the real ending yeah that's a fun one isn't it and it's funny because you and I have been talking a lot recently about our favorite movie endings and yeah. like the, and also like famous bad movie endings yeah so i think this is a good opportunity for us to like dig out our notes and really tackle and get into what endings work for us what don't famous bad ones honorable mentions tv as well yeah just to begin this as well I, if we're going to talk about endings well I think we need to say this is going to be a spoiler-heavy conversation. Yeah, if we bring up a film and you haven't seen it, I, I, some of them will be very famous, I assume, and yeah, I'm sure, sure you have seen them, but like you might not want them spoiled. Try I'm to sorry. skip ahead. We might, maybe we can put the time codes in. You the, saw the in, title, you saw the thumbnail, you assume we're going to be spoiling some yeah, films. Um, we want to have an interesting film debate, and sometimes you can't do that without spoiling stuff. Yeah. And endings are a really important part of the film. You know, that the last 10 minutes of a film, that's what you remember when you leave the cinema. Isn't that amazing Like you, how many times growing up you've heard like, oh, but the ending was awful, yeah. or how irritated you can feel no matter how good a film is for 80% of its runtime, but it just completely doesn't stick the landing. It can, yeah. it can actually ruin There are great the films experience. with bad endings. And yes, there yeah. are There are good films well I, I don't know if there are bad films but good endings yeah and I, I think we were like let's talk about the bad endings but i was like let's not just be negative for like 20 minutes let's like let's some are <laughs> ambiguous some are debatable so, some are debate i have, so I have you, a controversial what you, one what are you thinking what do you want to kick should we start with? good or bad do you want to do good or bad uh why don't we start with good and lay the groundwork with why we think what, what works in an ending i'm gonna do a, a good ending okay All this right. is this is i think a really satisfying ending for a great film and this is the ending of dead poet society Okay, to Dead Poets Society, I have seen once. And, oh, of course, now I've just remembered, it's iconic. Oh, it's, Captain, it's, my Captain. Yeah, referenced. Yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, I mean, I, if you've, it, I, I, I like to think of the ending of Dead Poets Society as the most, like, punk rock, rock and roll. Like, <laughs> F you, it is. What? It's like, F the society and the man. He's like, Mr. Keady, leave this classroom. Know, and all the kids. Dead Poets Society. Yeah, I know you say that's like yeah, fu and punk is the most like schmaltzy, like saccharine, like seize the day, you yeah. white privileged middle class, exactly. yeah. <laughs> New Englanders. Come on, boys! And these kids, they 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 have this awful tragedy that that happens to one of their friends at the end. I think we can go back even further. Hang on, I, I mean, so yeah, yeah, go. So for it. some people may not, have, you know, Dead Poets Society. Okay, it's you know, huge set, coming of age it's tale. It's in the fifties, right? I want to say fifties or sixties, and it's got like uh, so class this, of um, young. Uh, Young, young boys, boys at a the, really stuffy, very strict, rule-oriented boarding school. East Coast kind of, yeah. Yeah, like very much like copying what an Eton or, or a Harrow would yeah. be, but in America. And this 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 new teacher played Rob- by Robin Williams, one of the great Robin Williams performances. Yeah. It's, it's very it's kind of similar to his Goodwill Hunting yeah. role as well. And he he comes into this 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 English class and he's take they they have these textbooks on how to read poetry yeah. to understand poetry you must break yeah, it down yeah, yeah. into its prose form and structure yeah. and he gets them to literally rip out the pages and I think 
I think most people at school have had those two different types of teachers. Yeah. The ones that literally bullet point you and teach you how to pass the exam. And you have those ones that like really force you to think outside the box. Yeah. And he's one of those teachers that takes them outside and he's like, here's yeah. what it's about love. And it's about feeling that, no, 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 but how does this poem make yeah. you feel? Um, and various things happen in, in, in the play. Because he like awakens, oh, no, sorry, so, so, so a lot of the, 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 the pupils like start to like pursue like their own passions and stuff. And yes. So there's one character- They're all meant to be doctors and lawyers. Yeah, exactly. And, so there's one character played by Robert Sean Leonard who um, wants to be more artistic and creative. And he has a very typical like father-son clash with his father who wants him to be, you know, probably something- I can't remember. Straight-laced and yeah. serious. And uh, he, uh, towards the end of the film, ends up killing himself, yeah. right? And so the class does have this huge tragedy. The blame kind of gets laid at Robin Williams's feet. And, and, and it's sort of this real uh, like, a, a end of innocence moment where it represents them like really, you know, becoming men. And yeah. they're, 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 Mr. Keating's been fired and they have this, like one of the vice principals of, of, the, of, the, of the school who comes in, it's like, right, turn to page, turn to page 76. Yeah. And they're like, sir, um, we've ripped out those pages. It's like, fine, you can read out of my book. And then Mr. Keating comes in and he says, is it all right if I go to collect my stuff? Yes, Mr. Keating, you can do it now. And he goes to the end of the room and then uh, a character played by Ethan Hawke just stands up on his table and screams like, oh, captain, my captain, and the music swells. Yeah. And he's like, sit down, Mr. Keating, leave, yeah. sit down. You, it, yeah. The next pupil that stands will be expelled from this school. And one by one, yeah. all the pupils like find their courage and they, they, they break out from the mold and they all stand up and say, oh, captain, yeah. my captain is like, yes. Yeah. It's very it American. It is stirring though, it is quite stirring. And it's this wonderful, like, Oh, these boys to man, this cathartic. Yeah. And you're just like, this teacher like can't control because yeah. as a group, sit they're down. much more like, sit down, Mr. Keating, leave. And, and I think really it works because not all of the people stand up. There are some who are still yes. too scared to do so. Yeah. But there are some, and it's the nice finishing of all those character arcs. God, I've only seen this film once. And here you are, like, burnt uh, into your brain. My it's God, scene, like yeah. 12 years ago. Um, and yeah, they, that some of them, like it's the end of their arc. They feel compelled to stand up and yeah, a wonderfully young Ethan Hawke in it. Really like, young, fresh, fresh faced. Yeah, that is that is a nice ending and very iconic. And when Robin Williams died, Jimmy Fallon did this tribute to him on the show and they oh. showed like this reel of all his best stuff. When it cut back, Jimmy Fallon stood up on his desk. Oh, I and said, like, And he's like, he's almost crying and... Oh, it's beautiful. Great, great answer. Great point. I thought we'll start with a nice one. Have you yeah. seen the SNL spoof of that? Where it's no. the they've got like almost the exact same room, the yeah. same setup, the same costumes, and it's the same dialogue. And it's like, Mr. Keating, believe. And then one of them stands up and goes, I'm captain of my captain. And he turns around, he's got the tear in his eye. The other one stands up and goes, I'm captain of my captain. And then Pete Davidson plays one of the kids. And he goes, <laughs> and he stands up and goes, Oh, captain. And he stands up and his head goes right into the ceiling fan. And <laughs> it just cuts his head off. And there's just blood everywhere. Everywhere. And all of them are like, ah! and they're like kicking around his head, and they're like, oh my god! I need to watch that. 100%. Oh, I said it to you. Oh, uh, anyway, yeah. And then uh, Robin Williams, obviously, a fantastic yeah. actor who didn't do enough of those kinds of roles, but yeah, what he did was fine. But he he just has that wonderful Robin Williams knowing look, and all he says is, "Thank you, boys," yeah. and then leaves. And you're like, that's all that oh. needed to be said. That's a wonderful answer. Look, I mean, I, it gets me excited to talk about, okay, what are some of my favorite endings? Mm. There are a couple of honorable mentions I could do. You're going to go good or bad first? I'm going to go good. Good. And I'm gonna, good I mean, there are loads of good ones, but I'm going to give you maybe two. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you one, one whatever. I'm going to mm -hmm. give you a couple of good ones, right? So the couple of honorable mentions that I, I, we don't have time to get into is, before sunset, even though we were going to do spoilers, yes. I don't want to ruin that film for you. Yes, okay? no, but please that don't. has got a really uh, famous, like sharp ending. I should watch it and we should do a whole bit on it. Oh, obviously, I know you love it. I could it talk it for be... ages. All three of those. Yeah, yeah. totally. Um, and it's a very famous, and it ends on a very like 
famous line that like if you know those films like it's just like when we did that movie quotes game a couple of weeks ago yes that was one of the quotes I was like oh, i can't say this to james so that's mm. just an honorable mention for that um i've got a couple of good ones but mm-hmm. i mean i don't know how many you want me to reel off at you the one that i think emotionally sort of in the same way you have with dead poets society mm. that really stands out for me is the truman show oh yeah and it really got me the last time i watched it which was a couple of years ago so everyone knows obviously the truman show jim carrey's in this dome, you know, his life's a fictional TV show. I don't think I really need to go over the plot. I think mm. most people are aware of the Truman Show. But obviously in the last third, the last, the, the final climax is him set in sail and mm. getting out, right? Sailing out of um, Seaview. And that amazing going, moment when he hits. Wait, no, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, getting, sorry, I'm getting sorry, there. Sorry, I'm getting sorry. the thing. Sorry, I'm getting You're excited too. the story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he set sail. Taking I'm trying to build it up for the audience. <laughs> sorry guys, please let George um, finish what you say. Anyway, they, um, you know, they, he sets sail and Ed Harris is hitting him with the waves and Paul mm. Giamatti's like, nope, I won't, I won't do it. Yeah, I won't yeah. do it. And he's oh, like, Paul Giamatti, yeah, he's God like, bless you. And then like Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey's, he's like, is that the best you can do? Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, and then they, they stop it. They pull the weather off. And yeah, and then his boat's just like cruising back in sun, you know, the flat water. And then, yeah, the, the mast of the boat just <laughs> crashes into the end of the set. Yeah. And it's this woman. But that's not the moment that really gets me. The moment is that Jim Carrey then like climbs down, or Truman, I should say. Truman climbs down from the boat and he's like touching the the wall and he's walking along it. and um, And he then... And then the music's playing and he doesn't understand. He's so confused because this is literally someone confronting the limits of their reality. Yeah. And he starts slamming against the wall. And Mm. he's like, like, it's like this like primal reaction, like a monkey in a cage, just like hitting the wall. And he's like, and and the music is swelling and he's just banging against it. And I, and that really got me the last time I saw it. Cause I was like, oh my God, what? That just speaks to like, like the human in Mm. like all of us. That is such... Uh, a, a primal reaction. Yeah. Um, and then they, the music they play when he reaches the wall is a track called Father Colby's Preaching, which okay. I recommend everyone just go and seek out because it's so moving. Um, so when you say great endings, I mean, that's not even the very end. That, you know, there is still the bit where he says, you know, good afternoon, good evening. And then, yeah. and obviously actually the, that's such a wonderful sequence because when he says, you know, I'm going to leave, he opens the door and he just steps through the door. And I love that you don't see what's on the other side no, of the door. Yeah. And you cut to the woman running down the stairs being like, Truman, Truman. And then the final shot of that film is the guys in like the car park who are watching on TV. And they go, yeah, woo. Oh, right. yeah, the whole watch. Yeah. And they go, yeah, yeah. <sighs> what else is on? And then yeah. that's the end of the film. <laughs> yeah. and that's so good. So Just that true. little bit of satire. But that sounds, that sounds clear with me. Yeah, I think he, he does such a great job at trying to, you know, present what is an unimaginable discovery yeah. of what would it be like to completely yes. reach the limits of yeah. whatever you had perceived as more of because he has an idea of something else out there but exactly. he doesn't know that it doesn't know that it and it also the, the cruelty of the fact that it's like a painted set yeah it's just so cruel and it's like so crude and also he he's probably dealing with the fact that he never thought it would be this a wall just yeah. a painted wall with like a bit you can walk along it's, that, is that great uh, moments of somewhere in the middle where it starts raining in a single spotlight. Yeah, and it's yeah. just on him. Yeah. And he steps out of it and goes, oh, 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 and then it all starts raining. And he's just like, you would lose your mind. Yeah. <laughs> we should you. do another, we should do a rewatch of that. I, I think, mean, yeah, it's, so, it's such a good film. Oh, oh look, look at us gushing. I mean, uh, I could give you more if you want. I mean, do you want to get the good hold ones? Hold on, hold on. We've just done some glowing, gushing, two like undisputable great films. Let's go now. I want to hear your own ending that you find really annoying. 
Um, one, no, no, the one that you think is unsu- an unsuccessful ending. You know, I struggled when I was thinking about this of, uh, there, are, there are films that I can think of that have bad endings, but I haven't seen them in such a long time mm, that okay. I can only mention them in passing. So for example, War of the Worlds. Oh, going, that's one of mine. Oh, really? Right? Yes. Because that's the one. From what I remember, War of the Worlds is a pretty fine film. Yeah, but it's The fine. ending is annoying because his, it's when they have that really sappy reunion, right, in the streets. with the And the, the kid comes back, the son who walked into like a fireball yeah. earlier in the film. is just suddenly reunited. I remember seeing that at the cinema with my dad. And he came out and he was like fuming about the ending. He was like, that is the worst, so cheesy. Because in the end, it was just about a bunch of nothing. Because pe- people have compared that film or that ending, because I think the ending of War of the Worlds is that they got an infection or they yeah, were allergic to I like to that. Her. Yeah, but I know, I, I've seen people be angry about that. That is the original ending in the original War of the Worlds book from like right. 18, the 1800s, the H.G. Okay. Wells novel. Yeah. And I like the fact, it's almost like it's the alien's hubris. Like they didn't account for the, 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 the thing you can't see on Earth. Right, right okay? yeah. I, I, I don't have a problem with that being the ending. Okay. So like like that I, I even if it's part of the book the way that that film portrayed whatever Tom Cruise father dynamic thing and you know he wants to protect his daughter from from the horrors of, of what's going on and his son has this like purpose to grow up and run yeah. his own path I, I'm so uninterested in where that film took Tom Cruise at the end of it because it didn't really seem to go anywhere and that's why I think it doesn't work because it just like the, they, they meet as you said they meet up haphazardly and then the alien kind of spills out the ship and it's all fine whereas I know people are annoyed at the film's signs. For, which I like. Which, which I like, which has a similar thing where they're allergic to water in the end and he happens to live in a house with like a million glasses no, of water. But, and also they come to a planet that is like surrounded, by, surrounded water. by water. Yeah. But that has the whole like, it's a bit of a cliche, but Mel Gibson's getting over the death of his wife. Yeah, yeah. That, and yeah. Like the, the, yeah. the struggle, <laughs> this is like really like script writing one on one, but the struggle with the aliens is, a, is a, an internal struggle. Yes, Mel because Gibson's his wife, wife trying to find a place with his kids. Right, that, that I go, okay, Could, this was a metaphor. I, I yeah. understand the end. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, the final shot in Signs is Mel Gibson comes out of his bedroom or whatever, and he's a priest again. Yes. He's, he's refound yes, his of face. Course, yes, he's That's refound the whole, his face. Like, when I watched that, the last time I watched that, I was like, this really isn't about aliens at all. This is really about, it's, I was like, Shyamalan has kind of got the depth here. Just, yeah. to, just about to pull it off. And it's, yes. a, good, and it's a good suspenseful thrill. I, I still, like it, when, when I I still like it at the end of Signs. I know we're going to be talking about all the worlds, but I, I still like it at, at the end of Signs when... That's such a good reveal because he pulls the TV out. They think there's no aliens. Remember, they yes. pull the TV out and it's in the reflection. And, and reflection the TV. And it's also like you've got this disjointed family unit of Mel Gibson, who's a widower. You've got Joaquin Phoenix plays his younger brother. Yeah. You've got the two children and they have to come together. Remember, Mel Gibson says to Joaquin Phoenix, get your baseball bat. Yeah. Because isn't the subplot- Fly away home or yeah, like- isn't, go- isn't the subplot that Joaquin Phoenix used to be like a really hot shot baseball player and he's kind of like went nowhere with his life. Yeah. And then he gets the base, and this is his moment to like- his moment to save the, like home the run or like take it home. I don't yeah, know because the says. aliens got the daughter and yeah, and he hits him and then the that's and then it like all comes together. And then the son has an asthma attack and it's yes. unclear whether the son and, survives. And, and the alien gives him like the power poison mist in his yeah. face. Oh, it's the, he has the son in his hands. That's right. Yeah, I will give. There's still a scene that even when I catch it on the internet, it's really scary. It's the little girl's birthday party, the found footage where all the kids are watching and the alien walks past the hedges ah. and it does this look and yeah. like Joaquin Phoenix and the kid are watching and he like jumps back and like it's it's. St- I promise you that's yeah. still scary. Do you remember this scene it? with the knife as well? Yeah, the, the knife. Door. Yeah. We God, need to rewatch that. It's not a list. Make those. You're like, we need to rewatch that film. Okay, sorry. So War of the Worlds though. I mean, I yeah. Said- and there's another thing that really winds me up about War of the Worlds, which is, you know how they, they use the lightning 
to go down oh, underground. Yeah. And there's this moment where he comes out and this news truck with like a news camera yeah. has captured footage of the lightning yeah. going into the earth. And he slows down his camera and there are three frames of the lightning yeah. and the little like pod yeah, that goes I in remember. the ground. And I, now I just think, do you have any idea how quick lightning flashes <laughs> and your little news speed camera. Of light. <laughs> no, it's not the speed of light. It's the speed at which it travels to you is the speed of light. Like the speed okay. of electricity okay, right. is so fast. And do you know how bright lightning is that's 10 feet away from you? And the fact that he's exposed for okay. lightning okay. and a thing. Right. And then you've got three frames of lightning. I'm so like, there's this... no way in the world you would ever be able to see that happening as clearly on your news camera. In this film about aliens invading, you, you, your issue is the is the, is the as, as, Wait, a videographer. Captured, as a videographer, yeah. okay. I was like, "What camera? All right, all right. I, I, there's no camera in the world that could capture that in three yeah. frames." Because uh, there's a, I was shout out to the slow mo guys that shoot everything in slow motion on YouTube, and they did lightning, a lightning storm, and the speed that you have to shoot to capture lightning, even just a flash for like two seconds, is like it's oh, it's, it's insane. It's it's not you the speed what? of light, but it's like in, you insane. you contact Mr. Spielberg <laughs> yeah. and you tell him Dear about Mr. Spielberg <laughs> as a fellow video enthusiast myself. Thought <laughs> <laughs> to point out a glaring error <laughs> in your 2005 film. As a, as a as an accomplished filmmaker yourself, I thought you would have flagged this in pre-production. Alas, here we are. Um, um, yeah. Okay, so that's a War of the Worlds is interesting. That's that's when you had and an right. accidental signs working. An accidental waffle. Um, uh, another ending that well, I want. I, I have an ending that's a question mark. Okay. Do you think the ending for Uncut Gems is a good ending or a bad ending? Good ending. You think it's a good ending? Yes. So Uncut Gems, Adam Sandler's been, you know, <laughs> Uncut Gems Uncut has Jams. been harassed, harangued, shouted at all across New York. It, the, the whole 90 minutes of that film, however long, is just a giant argument. It's a heart and, attack, that film. And it culminates in this gambling addict finally winning big, jubilating, and uh, he opens the door to the henchman he's kept in this glass cabinet, and the henchman immediately shoots him in the head. And that's the end of the film. And, I mean... Uh, I asked because I I don't know how I felt about that as well that ending. I mean I I, I don't think I love Uncut Gems as far as as many other my friends mm -hmm. do. Like I, I really I, I know it. yeah I know you really like, I I I just think it's my disposition. I just don't think I enjoy being in that environment. <laughs> You're stressed. Yeah, it's just you know me like I but um Nish Kumar on a on a on the films to be buried with podcast with Brett Goldstein was like he considers that for the ending of that film not just to be a good ending. He considers it to be a happy ending because he's like. That guy, Adam Sandler, what's his name? Howie? Howie? I can't remember no. the name. Yeah. Um, he would have lost that money he won. That's what I'm he saying. He would continue to do this cycle for this guy's almost putting him out of his misery. Yeah. And that's why, actually, when you look at Adam Sandler, he's got a massive smile on his face, on his face when he goes towards him. And actually, yes. he. I think he, when he's on the it, floor dead, he if it hadn't, it was always going to end that way. Like yeah. if you you've spent you spend eighty plus minutes with that character, you know at that point it's, it's so exhausting yeah. to see him go. I'm like you you are just going to end up. End yeah. up dead, and that is that is it sounds really horrible, but that is the only true way for that character to go. Yeah. It's the only rightful just, end. He yeah. what what what's the other option? He he gets away with it. Like no, like he's clearly a like irreconcilable. It's a tra he's a tragic figure. He's a tragic figure. It was yeah. actually he's almost it's like death of a salesman. He's like this guy is doomed to be dead at the end. Okay, yeah. fair enough. I I agree. What about uh, Hereditary? Do you think that's a good ending? Um, hmm. Uh, le less so. I think it's a cool ending. I don't think it is the most satisfying ending. Is that because it's too mumbo jumbo-y with like the Hail King? It takes payment. a pretty big leap, and I think if you wanted more answers, it, look, look. I think in so many ways, I could say. Yeah. 
it leaves so much for interpretation. It lets your imagination fill in the rest, kind of like how Blair Witch Project like refused to show you a lot of Do stuff. You know what? It, it, it's so funny. I not to interrupt you. No, no, I, mean, I think you made your point there about hereditary. Yeah, yeah. Just talking about it has reminded me of a film ending that I do really like. That I think is really effective. And yeah. In that genre, mm-hmm. have you seen Kill List? Uh, no. Oh, okay. So, and I don't want to ruin that for you. Okay, fine. You like horror films and you yes. like Oh, I should watch Kill List. Kill List is, is, I've seen it twice, is really, really unnerving. Yeah. And the ending of that film, particularly the last 15 minutes, are proper like, like chilling yeah. stuff. And when it ends, you're literally like, what the fuck? I wouldn't be surprised on the first viewing if you're like, I don't really understand what's happened. Okay. But it's just chilling. Um, the ending of Kill List is like, to your core chilling so i think okay you better be making notes there's loads of this so we get we were gonna have to do like an episode where we go over go all the films all we said we have to see and just do um, them and it also bled the ending of blair witch i think is very effective as well yes not it's, like it's not like a great ending to like in the annals of cinema but for that film I and if you take away all the all the ways in which so many other films took that format and you go okay no no, no this was the first yeah. probably and like that's how much it showed you and you were left to just go to school yeah. and be like oh my god did you see that film i think it was real you know yeah. real like the fan footage thing and that's that's why it was so effective because it, it what it didn't show you is because it couldn't it was actually a fan footage film mm. um but yeah like just thinking sorry you brought up the, you know hereditary which is aria ariasta film mm. and midsummer which I think has a better ending, but in the stuff in the middle, I, it, it yes. started to lose me. Whereas Hereditary had me, and then at the end, I, I still liked Hereditary, but at the yeah, end, yeah. don't get me wrong, the scene of of the person floating up into the treehouse, I'll never forget, but yeah, burnt into my retinas. <laughs> but, um, but Midsummer, I got to the point where I was like, ah, oh, I think I think you've lost me. Yeah. I was so yeah. in, I was so, so in. It I had know. that descent into the darkness of, of this thing. It was so there. And then at the end, I think, I thought it was a good ending. I know ending. what you mean though. It's, for the logic, the narrative logic of that film to mm. make to satisfy the concluding part of that story, makes that sense. ending makes total sense. Yes, I, I see people like that's a breakup film. I get it, <laughs> but I just don't need to see Jack Raynor in a bear costume getting burnt alive. And the rest, I mean, I mean yeah, that it's, film. it's the stuff in the middle. That but... film, I, yeah, the, I, that film I found so so silly. It was like, dude, where's my ritual? That's you know, it was like, uh, what's going on? Like, yeah, these these chicks. Man, they're like kind of crazy. Like they're all flowers <laughs> yeah. and stuff. And they're Sticks like, and mushrooms, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like, what? I really want to write my paper, my dissertation. Yeah, and I <laughs> yeah. feel like the whole film's like, oh, we're going to scare you in a minute. And you're like, okay, go on. And they're like, we're going to um, we're gonna scare you with this. And you're mm. like, no, that's just a bit, it's a bit weird. It's a bit silly. Oh, how you about just, this? It take, uh, I'll, uh, you, it'll take you a good two days to get that film out of your head. Sure. You won't be able to stop thinking about it for a good two, for two days. You'll and, be like, Fucking hell. Yeah, but I remember I, that scene. Unlike Hereditary, which was like, oh God, I can't get that out of my soul. Mm. But I, yeah, but I feel like Midsummer's just like, what? What? Yeah. But Florence Pugh is, is absolute queen in that, you know. And I'll, I'll, I'll be turning up to Ariasta's next film. Yeah, totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's we'll got be talking me. about it. Yeah, sure, I'll sure. 100% be there. Just a quick one. This episode of Pulp Kitchen is brought to you by Noggin HQ. Noggin HQ is a hot new credit referencing agency for Gen Z and millennials. They are revolutionizing the way that credit scoring is done by making it cheaper, simpler, and easier. If you're interested, you're under 30, and you want to start building a better credit score, follow at Noggin HQ now on all social media platforms. Back to the show. Should we talk about another good one? Can I give you another good one? Yes, you can give me another good one. Go on. I mean, I, I, I'll try and get through them as quickly as I can because I've, I've got many in my head. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you another good one I love. Mm-hmm. There Will Be Blood. Yes. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. There Will Be Blood, it's not just a great ending. It, it, it's, it, there Will Be Blood is a great ending because the film literally builds to 
what is essentially like a 20 minute scene of two people in one room. How long is that film? That film's probably a good, I'd say two hours, three 10 hours? minutes. Oh, no, no, but it's, it, oh, no, it's probably a two and a half. Though. Okay, yeah. It's a long film and it covers, you know, several decades. Mm-hmm. And it all, you know, the film covers this tense struggle between Daniel Day-Lewis and Paul Dana. Mm. Paul Dana is the preacher, Daniel Day-Lewis is the oil man and the power struggle between them. And it's literally like the story of like America. You've got religion yeah. and you've got greed and capitalism. The, this, this clashing. Rising and, tension the whole time. Yeah, and you have, you know, the moment where Daniel Day-Lewis is, um, Daniel Day-Lewis like slaps Paul Dano down in the mud and the oil and he embarrasses him. And then there's yeah. a bit later where Paul Dano embarrasses Daniel Day-Lewis by yeah. making him like repent in front yeah. of the, all of his conversion just so he can get this thing. You can tell that he's yeah. seething inside. And, yeah. and, they, and this bitterness and bitterness, bit like an oil well about to explode, happens in this final scene where it's Daniel Day-Lewis, haggard, gray, in the, the basement bowling alley of his yeah. mansion, having just had a scene that is so tough with his deaf son, yeah. you know, when he's just like, you're a bastard in a basket. HW. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then Paul Dana comes to visit him. You know, Paul Dana's reptile. Mm. And they're almost, at this point, they're kind of relics because Daniel Day-Lewis is like old and, and cranky. And, I mean, and they're both so unlikable in different so ways and you, you root for neither of And them. Paul Dano thinks he's still winning. He says, oh yeah, I've got this um, uh, area of land I want to drill and stuff. Yes. And then, then Daniel Day-Lewis teases him and makes him do something, makes him like um, renounce God. And then, yeah. he, and then he does his, I want you to say, I want you to say, I am a false prophet. God is a superstition. <laughs> yeah. And he put forth, and then eventually he says, louder Eli, imagine your congregation is all the way at the back. And he says, I'm a false prophet and God is a superstition. He goes, yeah. Those areas have been drilled. And there's just that silence and Paul Dana says, what? Anyway, then the conversation builds and, and he mocks Paul Dano. And that's when he does the, if you have a milkshake yeah. and I have a milkshake and it dreams from across the room. <laughs> yeah. And then it just erupts into a, a spontaneous bit of violence and he throws Paul Dana across the room. He chases him and they, he throws these wooden um, bowling pins at it's him. It's also almost a quite pathetic fallout to oh, such an totally, epic. Because yeah. he's... Paul, um, Daniel Day-Lewis is clumsy and old and and, and um, Paul Dana is so like slimy that he's like slipping around and he's like crawling on his hands and knees and then Daniel Day-Lewis eventually just clobbers him to death yeah. with this wooden pin and he's just sat there and like the blood is like coming out of his head and his, and his like, you know, his, 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 his butler comes down and he's like, is everything okay? And he just says, I finished! And it goes... <laughs> <laughs> there yeah. will be blood. Yeah. And it's just such a brilliant, as a scene, if we were to talk, have a separate episode about our favorite scenes in films, yeah. that, that for me is just an amazing scene. Yeah. And the whole film is made of, made of amazing scenes. And it's just such a great way to end that story and go out. And every time, I remember the first time I watched that, you know, people just think, wow, this mm. is powerful. Just hearing you do Daniel Day-Lewis yes. in that film, and hearing like the intonation and the way in which he draws out words. No other performance has ever sounded like that. No other no other act. I've never seen a performance I'm like, holy shit, he is really like that is a performance I've never seen yeah. before. And you just you just like I, he, he's one of those actors that you you see him doing that, and I'm never going to see anything of that start again. I don't think, and you know, we talked about like Jim Carrey; only mm. he could have done that role. Yeah. I think Daniel Day Lewis would only ever have done that performance. Totally I don't think another yeah. phenomenal actor would ever give that yeah. performance ever again. And it's just 
It's, I had the you same. haven't seen it. Like, if you yeah, want to see so. one of the best actors ever in the top of their game, it yeah, really totally is. Totally. I mean, that's why I had when I, when I saw Phantom Thread. I remember what, what, seeing his performance in Phantom Thread and just thinking, like, swooning. It's, it's at the scene when he orders the breakfast. And I was like, he is just so involved and so deeply lost in this character. And how different is that performance? If you think about, like... Stop it enough. Stop it. <laughs> why, why are you doing this? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's so different. Um, do you know what? Here's my dilemma. Okay. I would... L- uh, here's my dilemma. I want to show my girlfriend There Will Be Blood because it's a fantastic yes. film. The Guardian rated it as the best film of the 21st century so far, okay? Nice, okay. Yeah, sure, however, why not? it's a bit of a tough sell because I'm like, are there any female characters? <laughs> yeah. No. Yes, yeah, but I don't think they speak. Um, no. There's a lot of silence. There is a little bit of blood. <laughs> um, and it, but, but the performance is, I think on an objective- Unmissable. It, it, it's unmissable. I've got a bit of a... I've got one which I think is going to ruffle some feathers. Oh, a bad ending of a film. No, this is a, th- a film which I think has a good ending. Okay. And I think when I say this, some people might go, how could you? And I think Interstellar has a good ending. I'd agree with that. Thank you. Thank you. Ah, uh, but then I would also... Yeah. Depends where we start the ending. I want to just say it depends in that from where we start the ending. Yes, because... it's Okay, so we're talking last 10 minutes, last half an last hour? Half an hour. So, so I would just self proclaim myself as an interstellar apologist not a fanboy i acknowledge it that film for its flaws yes yet, flaws. I, yet i still love it i think i'm on the same page as you. right no. interstellar christopher nolan's sweeping sci-fi epic uh they have to go far away to another yeah. through a wormhole to go find the cure for time and gravity and that that there's this big moment in interstellar where People are either really on board or you go, that's ridiculous, I'm not in, okay? And depending on how much that moment pisses you off, the film either lost you there and you wanted to go home and you were done or you were so swept up in the emotion of that connection and how beautifully crafted, even though it's such a leap in science and logic to get to that, you're, I, I was like, how could anyone not be crying right now? It's, it's so beautifully. And what specific told. moment? Is this the wormhole? When, when it, this is, this is the moment where he, he, I'm about to say it. He gets into a fourth dimension tesseract, which beings from the future have built for him, which allows him to see time represented as a physical dimension and not a linear one. And he's able to manipulate gravity waves on his daughter's watch from years in the future across through Morse code through, Morse code through space time, which gives her the equation to understand gravity as. Uh, understand the formula of how to beat gravity, which allows her to be able to travel and pick him up and save humanity, right? That's the best of my memories I can explain (laughs) it, okay? (laughs) Which is a lot. But one of, I've watched the special features for Interstellar and I've heard Christopher Nolan just beautifully talk about how he makes his films. And he told Hans Zimmer that when he was talking, when he wanted to, he didn't tell him what the project was yet. He was coming off of Dark Knight Rises. And he said, with this score, all I want you, all I'm going to say to you is I want you to think big. Like telling Hans Zimmer to think big. It's like, okay, well, what? Obviously. (laughs) Obviously. And he's like, how big? And Nolan's like, big. And you've got this. Bigger. Bigger. (laughs) And and of course, from Nolan, who already makes big films. But you've got this amazing score, which is, organ and 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 strings and it and it you feel like you're literally sitting in a whole orchestra and but the one pulsating part through this whole score is two notes bum bum mm. bum bum and it's all about these two mm. things connecting to each other across space and time yeah. and it's this wonderful moment where 
father-daughter father-daughter relationship he he abandoned her and she only realized what he had done later in the future and he didn't know what he would eventually do and why he'd done it till later it's really a lot but there's this moment where the score is reduced to its most simple theme and it's these two points in time that are now reconnecting and he goes in and sees his daughter who's now at least like 30 or 40 years older than him and they hold hands and she's like how did you know i was your ghost and she's like because my father my father told me and then the score comes yeah in. so so yeah he's come back he's been picked up now and he he's sees so, his grandkids he, yeah, like so his great great grandchildren he's come through the tesseract he's come through the tesseract they picked him up and uh, they say your daughter saves humanity yeah he saves humanity and his daughter's there and his daughter is he's 80 years like, old 80 years old like basically dying Duh, on her deathbed and he goes yeah and, and he and he sees her and uh he says, like, um, she says, she said, like, I knew you'd be back. I knew you'd be back. And she says, Which well, is what, like, you were No, and then she's, he says, how do you know? And she said, because my dad promised me. And then what she does so well is she's able to obviously forgive him and let him go. And he's like, where do I go? And she says, Brand. Go to Dr. Brand. And it reveals this moment because they've really been looking for a planet which can hold life on Earth. And there's this shot where Anne Hathaway's character the music is sweeping and Matthew McConaughey is getting on a ship to go find her and she takes off her helmet Mm. and reveals that she's now found a planet where she can breathe Mm. and that you know that Matthew McConaughey is going to go to that planet to Mm. start a new thing. And I just thought it was so well-crafted and the score just sweeps right to the end. It's it's the way that it cuts between him getting, stealing a spaceship to go find her. Yes. And it's, it follows her walking down the path and it, as she does, it just reveals that there's a community there. A little, little hub where she, and, and then she had like the embryos to make yeah. enough biodiversity to start a new society. And it just, yeah, the music swells and then it's, yeah. Cut. It's a I, I agree with you. I mean, yeah. I, I, I totally get that the moment he goes through the wormhole and the Tesseract appears and it's it's basically like Nolan would go, you want to jump through hoops? I'll give you some fucking hoops yeah. to jump through. <laughs> I'll and give you it some is plot. ridiculous. But the sheer scale, I think the the, the, the secret ingredient to that whole film is the Hans Zimmer score, like you said. Yes. That film, that score is so moving and beautiful. You can listen to it on its own. And, it, and, and the way it starts and the two notes build and it's even at its totally. biggest point, it's I still mean, two notes. There's actually like a 20 second sequence in the... Uh, score when he's a, before he goes through the wormhole, the black hole. Sorry, before he goes through the black hole, that is so sublime that when I I, I just like every time I hear it, I have to stop and listen to it properly. It's just so beautiful. It carry yeah, it just carries you through. I, and I do think there is a moment in that film you just have to say, I've got to just go with this. Ride the wave, like the giant waves that you see earlier in the film. You've got yes. to ride that. Ride I know the science. But, yeah, but don't, don't, I, but what about me? Yeah. And, and then throw some science. I, like, I know, but. Just, you know, I've actually often disagreed with people when they've said with Nolan's films, oh, don't think it feel. You know, in Tenet, where they say, don't, don't, don't think try it, and understand yeah, this don't, film. They say, you know, when the Clements Posey says, oh, don't think it, just feel it. And I actually rejected that with Tenet because I was like, that would, that would be great if Tenet had a single beating emotion in it i agree but you, you know the characters didn't even have a name and so i just thought that's just ridiculous yeah but i do think that applies to interstellar because there is an emotional heart to it um yeah and, and also I've, I've never seen uh like this, the the sense of scale cor- like properly portrayed on screen in that way yeah. e- even like watching 2001 uh which obviously it takes huge inspiration from like the breathing and the astronaut suit mm. and all of that but there's, there's that moment especially if you saw it on a big screen ideally imax when their tiny ship crawls across <sighs> saturn yeah, yeah. And like obviously the wave, yes. and then just making you feel like you are, yeah. and and like being able to show what relativity, how it could manifest in yeah. so many ways, is, is a really cool idea and tricky to do. Um, but yeah, I, I'm glad you're on the same page. I, I know a lot of people find that film really annoying. Here, I'm typing now. As I said, but, I I will defend it for a long time. Yeah. 
So, one I think is really bad, famous. Did you ever see The Mist with the no, Stephen King I, book? I, I know about the ending. I think I've even watched the ending on YouTube. It's very famous. Some people like it. Because Quite an engaging film. I'll, gi I'll give it that. I, yeah. I, like it, it, It's based on the Stephen King book of the same name. This mist falls over this town and they all get locked in the grocery store and all these monsters are like trying to break in. And, and doesn't the about, mist change you as well? It like, possesses you or makes you like a zombie or something? Yes, and it's like, what will, what will, what will humanity become when yeah. all of this? And, you know, for whatever reason, four characters remaining drive out in this car looking for life, looking for anything. And this is right towards the end. And their car runs out of petrol and they're just surrounded by mist. And they've got four bullets in a gun and they all take turns to kill themselves. And like, all the characters die. Oh, I think one survives. One character survives. He's just killed. Is it? Is it Charles? I can't remember. Like, it, two it, other people. It's his, like, like, dad, his son and his girlfriend and someone else yeah. and they're all dead and he's like gonna kill himself and then the mist clears and the army tanks yeah. thing just start rolling in yeah it was yeah. just like it, it happens this is like in the last 60 seconds yeah. you're just like what and he's screaming and he's like no he's screaming and i'm like what is the what yeah. why is that satisfying yeah how is that yeah what is that what does so give you? the army just came in the end yeah and and saved them all what a, what a like i guess i guess you could say there's a beauty in its happenstance but it, it's 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 one of those where you go huh and also just like Ugh. yeah just, i'm just well that's just depressing for the sake of being what an, what an uninteresting solution to that problem yeah mm. we're gonna like get tank the army came and we got tanks we blew up the aliens or the aliens or the monsters mm. that's just one i know all right i'm gonna um run through a couple of endings yes. for you. Um, the Thing. Oh, I think yeah, that, The Thing. That's a really, really good, good ending. Yeah. yeah. That idea. So, you know, The Thing is this really good, um, you know, so, you know, uh, 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 there's a being and it can take the shape of other people. And mm -hmm. so there's a lot of thing about identity at, in it. And at the end, they like blow up the whole space, sta uh, space station. They blow up the whole research station, which is in Antarctica. Yeah. And it's just Kurt Russell, like sitting in the snow, like mm. slowly freezing. And then one of the other guys from the station comes out and they look at each other and they can't trust each other yeah. because the thing could be either one of them and yeah. they sit there and you know Kurt Russell's got the flamethrower and the other guy's got like a gun and they sit there and, and they sort of say the fire's warmed things up a bit and they go yeah and he says what do you, what do you think, what, do, what should we do now and they sort of say why don't we just sit here and wait and see yeah yeah, yeah. and then the theme comes in boom 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 and the whole I mean, lots of people have written about it, been like, oh, is that because Kurt Russell's secretly the, the thing? Or is, yeah. is Keith David the thing? Or are they both the thing? And it's like, no, my interpretation is neither of one of them is the thing. Yeah. The thing is dead, but the thing has won because it's made them not trust each other. So they're both going to die. They're both going to freeze. They, the they, is, they, yeah, they, they're both human. But the, the point is, that's the final victory of the thing. The thing was all the friends we made along the way. <laughs> oh, stop it. I, thought, I think that's a great ending. Yeah, no, it's great ending, absolutely. Um, Usual Suspects. Yes. Great, great yep. twist ending. Great, great off-parodied verbal kin. It's on the back. Mm -hmm. it's, all on the, it's all behind him the whole time. There's yep. a Key, Key and Peele sketch, which parodies the ending of Usual Suspects. Oh, I'll have to it. send you. Yeah, send it to me. Um, seven. Yes. Very oh. famous. What's in the box? Yeah. Very, a bit like Don't the Don't become rage. What is it? <laughs> no, 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 no. If you kill him, he will win. You know, he will like, win. Uh, yeah. yes. John Doe has the upper hand. Yeah. Um, that's a bit like The Mist, a very mm -hmm. famous downbeat ending um, yeah. that just is like, fuck. Yeah. Okay. Well. Oh, sorry. Just one quick, one quick one that's really good. Psycho. Is uh, that a good ending? I think so, because I remember watching that as a kid and I was pretty scared throughout, but nothing terrified me more than seeing Norman Bates's face look directly at the camera and smile. 
I mean, and, and haven't they done the also superimposed the mother's skeleton? Yes, so this yeah. goes it, and there's the whole thing with the fly, and because you you have his internal thoughts throughout that film, and then mm. like that moment where he looks at you, mm. I was terrified, and that smile is burnt into my oh, eyes, yeah, and I can't enough. forget it. That's a very very iconic moment. I agree. Super. The iconic. only thing is, it's like I love Psycho. It's a great film. Yeah. It's just that like it has all this intrigue and all this everything, and then in the last scene. They basically explain everything. They get like a, a professional psychiatrist to come in and go, what was happening was that Norman was confused. <laughs> yeah, sure. His mother was doing this. And, <laughs> yeah. and it's like, oh, we just got to solve every, tie everything up in a neat little bow here. It I was, guess. it was, the, you know, 19th There's a nice little fourth wall breaking moment almost. But uh, yeah, the end, but I do agree that's, that's really nice. Also the, the final shot of Psycho is the the car being pulled out of the, the swamp. The, yeah. And I remember someone writing once like, why is there a swamp in the middle of the desert? It's True. set in the desert. Is, like, yeah. what, how did they have to swamp out back? Yeah. A little boggy thing. Anyway. Um, I'll give a shout out to the end, the final shot of Raiders of the Lost Ark when the Ark of the Covenant gets put into that box for storage uh, yeah. and it's wheeled out yeah. into all that. And you realize you're in this vast warehouse yeah. and it's that wonderful thing where your imagination just goes yeah. and you're like, oh, think about all the little trinkets and things that are yeah. in this little To be society. seen again in Indiana Jones 4. Do you remember when they- oh, I hate that they went there. Just yeah. don't go. And then they, you see, actually see yeah. the arc again Indiana Jones I think a really good ending of a recent film is the ending of Call Me By Your Name yes I just that prolonged take of Timothy Chalamet crying into the fire less was more for that yeah. and you understand exactly yeah. everything that's going on in his mind and it's a beautiful yeah. uh, like musical moment as well yeah that Sufjan Stevens song just coming in and mm. what I love is you know, because they were they they talked at one point that they were going to do a sequel, and I was like, no, really? no, Please it's over, don't. and they've cancelled that now, thankfully. But that's what I liked about the ending. It was like that's why he's crying in the face. Like it, it, it's over. Mm. It's summer. Like it's literally winter. It's like he, yes, that last grain of hope, and he has the phone call. But it's like this is it. That's what he's realizing. He carries it so well on his face. He, he's he's almost experiencing loss. Yeah, but that's the final step of him growing up. It's like grief. He he, he was always, I think, Timothy Chalamet, a pretty hot prospect leading into that film. But that completely put him on the map as yeah, the totally. go to the go to kid. He's not a kid anymore, but like that no. for that yeah. kind of thing. The thing with Timothy Chalamet is that he. Do you think he's doing a Jennifer Lawrence? He's in too much right now. No, not necessarily. I think that it's very because he's in a lot. I'm almost inclined to be like you. Almost feel predisposed to go oh any minute now he's going to be annoying and any minute now he's going to well, I have to say every single film I've seen him in he's always done a good performance yeah like Beautiful Boy great performance Call Me By Your Name great performance um, Lady Bird great um, Dune great um, Don't Look Up King, great just, I haven't seen The King oh, is I, really liked, yeah, yeah. I, liked, I liked The King yeah, you get a good I, I liked yeah, it sure so can. he's solid um, I want to give a quick shout out as well if we've got time mm -hmm. to a TV ending okay okay um, one that is really good. Um, do you ever watch Catastrophe with no. Sharon Horgan and, and Rob Delaney? No. Okay, so that's about really funny, funny, real drama, uh, painfully funny show about a, a Irish woman and an American guy who hook up in London have a one night stand. You know, they're in like their late thirties, and then she gets pregnant, and so he he moves over to London, and he's just like, I guess we just have to live together now, and like get married, and like I'm not, you're not going to get rid of this child. I guess we just raise this child together, and then they start a family, and then the consequent series are about the struggles of them living together, and it's really funny and painfully accurate. It's beautiful, and the final episode of that show at the end of the season four is they're in America because he's American, and they're sitting on the beach, and like they've been through so much. There's been like accusations of infidelity and um they might move back to america and they're sat on this beach with a you know huge bay across from them and she's just found out she's 
pregnant with a third child and they're already struggling and like the prospect of a third child is like really weighing them down and they have this conversation on the beach and then they realize like it's okay we can do it it's it, it's just going to be life we're just going to go with it and and they're, they're, they're daunted by the fact that they're getting older and that like life might not be fun anymore and she says no come on it is fun like come on she starts to take she takes off her clothes she's got her swimming costume underneath and he's like what are you doing he's like she says now come on we're still fun and she just dives into the water and starts swimming out and he goes um yeah and she says the kids are asleep in the car come on it's fine yeah. and he like looks behind and there's a sign that says strong currents don't swim right and he's got this look in his face and he calls after her and she still goes and he says okay and he starts taking his clothes off and then he goes into the water and they like swim out and swim out and they're laughing, they're having a good time, and you're with them, and they're getting further and further away. And then there's a really long shot of them in the bay with their clothes, their discarded clothes strewn on the rocks yeah. in, in like shallow focus. And then you lose them in the focus, and the, the, the focus becomes about the clothes. And there's just this really eerie thing where, and then it, the, the, the camera zooms out, and they just become like little tiny dots in, yeah. the, in the water. And you're like, are they about to die? Are they about to drown? Yeah. And there's so there's this subtle inference that a massive tragedy is about to happen. Yeah. But equally, it's also like a really beautiful, fun moment. And what the whole ending is, it's a comment on like, they've had this like crisis moment and they've decided to go forward in life. And that whole ending is like, you don't know what is about to happen next in life at all. There right. could be tragedy or beauty around any corner in life. You don't know that. And often in the same moment, and how we leave these characters, we don't know. So you've it's got. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? And I know. I know you don't know this. Show, no, no. But like, it's interesting. It. This running theme of like sometimes the less an ending shows you, yes. the more effective it is. Like over trying to tie the knot too much can sometimes yeah. confuse and muddle it versus actually leaving the imagination. Yeah. To to to, to, to and go exactly. And they pull out and they play the a song by Arcade Fire, like called, like the suburbs continued, and it's like this like string song, and yeah. you're like. Huh. And it just gives you, yeah, you're at the less. Yeah. Gives you more to think about than wrapping things up conclusively. Even Interstellar, right? To go yeah. back to it, which is a lot of plot happening. It still goes, look, look at all that could happen. Yeah. We'll let you, you'll let you fill it in. Um, so for me, Catastrophe could be the best TV ending. Yeah. One of them. Yeah. I, I should check it out. It's a good show. Um, there's one more I want to talk about, which is one of, I think it's one of my favorite films. And it's Steve McQueen's Shame, starring Michael Fassbender. Right. Okay. And this is a film seen, that only once. Have you seen yeah. it only once? Yeah. This is a film that I think you you, you can hear the ending. And it, doesn't, it doesn't spoil it for you because I think it really deserves to be to be watched again. And this is you know a, I, th I still think it's one of Michael Fassbender's best performances. And it's essentially about this this character called Brandon who lives this really solitary clinical life and he's very completely emotionally closed off and he it's about basically his desire for sex and how he mm. finds it impossible to create personal empathetic relationships with with anyone and he lives this very nomadic life where he has his routine and he, and he sticks to it and he has these exchanges with women and sometimes men and it, it, it's completely clinical and closed off and he, his whole world sort of gets thrown out of it when his uh, sister called sis played by Carrie Mulligan comes in who's the complete opposite she's like mm emotionally vulnerable and empathetic and she wants she wants to receive love and she's mm. trying to get some something from him and there's kind of this this implication that they've suffered a hard childhood and that that whatever it was abuse or trauma has manifested in completely different mm. ways for these two characters there's this sequence that happens in the opening third 
of shame where you're getting to know about this character called Brandon and he is on the subway in New York and just to let you know this film although Michael Fassbender is so closed off throughout the whole film it has this sweeping classical score that runs all the way through it and it really tells you the kind of uh, damage and trauma that must be going on inside him and it really informs your opinion of that character so he has this interaction where he's on the subway and he sees this woman sitting across from him who's beautiful and she's looking at him in this really flirty way and she's smiling at him and he like locks eyes with her and there's this sense that they're both very sexually attracted to each other and they're going to go get off this train. It's all like completely unsaid. They're going to go get off this train and go do whatever. She stands up and she grabs the pole of the tube and reveals that she's got a wedding ring and he sees that she's got a wedding ring. doesn't care. He still like he stands up, pursues her after the, after the subway. She then has this feeling of guilt and shame, really, that she shouldn't be flirting on the tube, that this would be an affair. And she, she runs away and he loses her. Throughout that film, there's like a real horrible tragedy that happens to Brandon. And all of this stuff puts into question the way that he's lived his entire life and whether or not he should be more open up and closed off. And he's becomes completely exasperated by the way in which he views sex. And even like just all interpersonal relationships. And he's completely drained and exhausted. And he's like, ashamed of who he is and exasperated and the very last scene of this film he gets onto a subway and the exact same woman is there smiling at him she takes the pole she's got a wedding ring and the last shot of the film is michael fassbender just looking up at her and it then cuts and you don't know what he's about to do whether and he's changed or whether not. he's changed I, I i sort of i interpret it as he is going to stand up but he just feels so completely destroyed within himself that he can't do it and then that last scene the score is not there and it doesn't tell you how you're meant to be mm. feeling and it's just the sound of the subway and it just locks in his eyes and there's there's so much in what michael fassbender is doing by portraying so little mm. his face is like neutral but just behind his eyes you can see this sense of like i don't know what mm. i'm going to do or if i'm going to hate myself for what i'm about to do mm. and um yeah there, there, are, there are very few lines in shame but the way in which it artistically like shows you to see what someone inside their mind is feeling mm. without without someone being extroverted is so well done and mm. it's, it's a really really great ending to the film and you'll, you'll leave that being like film i need to rewatch it you do i do yeah and that that doesn't ruin that doesn't ruin the no, film no 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 i know i remember that but i don't really remember anything in the middle so i, rem I remember watching it and then i wanted to rewatch it like three or four weeks later and i did fantastic yeah great this has been a lot of gushing for us. It's, it's been, been quite a lot of gushing, but we've covered a lot of about Even talking to you, I'm thinking of loads more, but we, you know, we could be here all night. So let us know, people. Let us know what ending. Yeah, what, what ending do you think is really well crafted, stuck the landing, yeah. did a fitting tribute to what was, and then what didn't is, work? What didn't work? What is an ending that. Yeah, you know, I'd, I'd love to hear more people comment below. Be like, is there an ending that a film that was really good and then just completely yeah, lost what it? Film fell apart. Yes, with the, with the ending. Like, did a Game of Thrones style yeah. of like properly dropped. I, I was gonna bring that up, but I just didn't want to. That's just a whole other topic. It's, uh, it's, it, and yeah. it's done. It's done. It's done. I, I mentioned Lost earlier in the episode, sure, which yeah. you know the reasons and, for that. Um, also, if you disagree, like, um, do you think that there was a bad ending that we said that mm. you think is a good ending, or vice versa? Let us know. Yeah, you can email us hello at Pulp Kitchen Podcast. Um, or DM us. Um, we've got... We're doing our outro. Don't forget, <laughs> let's do it. We do new episodes of this show every single Wednesday, our numbered episodes at least. Yep. But you'll notice if you follow us on all these channels, we post videos throughout the week. So follow us on TikTok, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, and you'll get so much more content than what we do in this episode. You've left nothing for me to say. I mean, Socials, that's great. Follow uh, us. Social, oh, yeah. Follow us, uh, like and subscribe. Yeah, we say like 
every Wednesday when we post the episode, but like every day, most days, assuming we've well, got a good episode, there's just loads of film stuff out there. Reviews, yeah, more like sort of editorially games. Yeah, opinions, reviews, games, impressions. All of it. See you next week. See you next week. <laughs>